Welcome to Space City X-Files, where we traverse the uncharted territories of the unknown and the unexplained. I'm Rick, your guide on this journey through the shadows of history and science. Today, we dive deep into the heart of one of the most clandestine chapters of Cold War espionage and psychic exploration known to the history of man. This is episode 44, The Veiled Realm of Project Stargate. In an era where the world was divided, not just by ideological lines, but by a a relentless quest for superiority in every conceivable domain, the United States and the Soviet Union were locked in a silent battle that extended far beyond the reaches of conventional warfare. It was in this atmosphere of suspicion and rivalry that a highly classified initiative known as Project Stargate was born. A program so secretive it would seem to be the stuff of science fiction, yet it was as real as the Cold War itself. Project Stargate was not about developing the next generation of weapons or espionage techniques, but it was about exploring the human mind's potential to perceive, to gather intelligence, and to see without seeing. The Defense Intelligence Agency alongside the CIA embarked on this audacious journey into the psychic domain investigating phenomena such as remote viewing, where individuals claim to project their consciousness across vast distances and even through time to spy on enemy territories and gather crucial intelligence. But what drives the superpower to invest in such esoteric research? Was it the fear of being left behind by an adversary believed to be exploring similar frontiers? Or was it the allure of a breakthrough that could redefine the nature of conflict and intelligence gathering? As we peel back the layers of Project Stargate, we find ourselves at the crossroads of skepticism and belief, science and the paranormal. Join me as we step into the shadows of this enigmatic project. Together we'll explore the motivations, the missions, and the mysteries of Project Stargate. What truths lie behind these classified documents? What secrets remain untold? Stay tuned as we unravel the tapestry of one of history's most intriguing and controversial intelligence operations known to man. Welcome to Space City X-Files, episode 44, The Veiled Realm of Project Stargate. Before we continue with our investigation into the legendary Project Stargate, we'd just like to take a few minutes to express our gratitudes to all our listeners. At Space City X-Files, we strive to provide the best possible experience by keeping our episodes free of commercials and ads. We rely on your support to help us grow and reach more people who share our passion for uncovering the mysteries of the unknown. If you enjoyed today's episode, we kindly request that you take a few minutes to leave us a review on the platform you're listening on. If the platform does not allow for a written review, then a five-star rating or a social media share would be equally as great. Your feedback is invaluable in spreading awareness about the show and attracting those new listeners that we're looking for. Additionally, if you would like to make a monetary contribution to support the program, you can always visit our website and click on the Support Us tab, or if you're following along on YouTube, just scan the QR at any time to be directed to our donation page. Every penny we receive goes towards enhancing the quality of our content and furthering the dream of doing what we love to do full-time. We greatly appreciate your consideration and ongoing support. Your involvement ensures that we can continue to deliver thought-provoking episodes like today's over the mysterious CIA-led Project Stargate. Thank you so much for being a part of Space Shitty X-Files. 
And we look forward to bringing you more captivating content in the near future. This will conclude today's announcements. Welcome back to Space City X-Files. As we cast our gaze now into the depths of the Cold War, a period defined by its espionage, its brinkmanship, and the relentless pursuit of technological and ideological dominance, it's here, amidst the global chess game, that the story of Project Stargate begins. A narrative not just of governments and spies, but of the human mind's untapped potential. Let's explore the background and origins of this enigmatic initiative. The 1970s and the 1980s were a time of intense scientific curiosity and innovation, but also a profound paranoia and mutual distrust between the United States and the Soviet Union. Each superpower was in a constant search of any advantage over the other, leading to the development of groundbreaking technologies and surveillance, communication, and weaponry. However, one of the less conventional arenas of this competition lay in the exploration of psychic phenomena, an area that promised a completely new frontier in espionage. Project Stargate was not the inception of interest in psychic research for intelligence purposes, but a continuation of a fascination that has been simmering for decades. Both the U.S. and the Soviet Union had been intrigued by reports of individuals with extraordinary sensory abilities potentially capable of revealing secrets without ever stepping foot inside enemy territory. This interest was partly spurred by rumors and intelligence suggesting that the Soviet Union was investing heavily in psychotronic research, efforts to harness psychic phenomena for military ends. In the United States, the project that would eventually be known as Stargate began under various names and auspices, including Grillflame, Centerlane, and Sunstreak, before finally being consolidated under the Stargate moniker. It was a response not just to the potential threat posed by Soviet psychic research, but also to a broader curiosity about the limits of human consciousness and perception. The initial phase of what would become Project Stargate involved small-scale studies and experiments conducted by various governmental and military bodies, including the CIA and the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA. These early explorations were often shrouded in secrecy, with only a select few being aware of the full extent of the project's ambitions. The goal was straightforward, yet profoundly ambitious to investigate whether individuals could use extrasensory perception, also known as ESP, to remote view locations, gather intelligence, and even influence physical objects or outcomes. Central to the project were the concepts of remote viewing and psychokinesis. Remote viewing was the practice of describing a given and giving details about a target that is inaccessible by normal means, whether by distance, time, or security measures or physical barriers, Psychokinesis, however, though less emphasized in Stargate, involved the ability to influence physical systems or objects without physical interaction, right? So to move something without touching it, basically. The potential applications for intelligence gathering and military operations were tantalizing, offering the possibility of spying without the risk and influence, uh, influencing enemy equipment or decisions by far, from afar. The recruitment for Project Stargate was as unconventional as its research objectives, 
Participants were often selected for their reported psych abilities or potential uh, drawn from civilian life as well from within the military. So you can be civilian or military, didn't matter. As long as you were, uh, as long as you had these abilities, you, you could be brought into the intelligence community, right? These individuals underwent rigorous testing and training aimed at honing their abilities and understanding the mechanisms behind their purported skills. Because a lot of the times you couldn't really explain why or how these things work. You just, you ask somebody who's has these abilities, they'll tell you, it's, it's just because I have a connection, but that's not good enough for the military, right? They want to, they want to uh, make a, a packet, a, a novel about everything of how these steps work one after another so they can try to mass produce it. Could they do it? I don't know. Let's find out. One of the most significant features in the development and advancement of Project Stargate was physicist Hal Putoff. Now, along with uh, artist and remote viewer Ingo Swan, Putoff uh, conducted experiments at the Sanford Research Institute, SRI, that aimed to explore and expand the boundaries of human perception. Their work, which began in the early 1970s, laid the groundwork for the mythologies uh, and practices that would define Project Stargate. Despite the enthusiasm of its proponents, Project Stargate and its, and its precursor programs faced significant skepticism and controversy, both from within the scientific community and the intelligence apparatus. All right? Critics questioned the reliability and validity of the findings, pointing to the lack of reproducible results and the operational challenges inherent in the studying psychic phenomena. Next, as we delve deeper into the Stargate program, uh, we'll explore how the masterminds expected the project to yield results. Hang on, we'll be right back. As we venture further into the enigmatic narrative of Project Stargate, it becomes essential to dissect the scope and ambitions that propelled this clandestine initiative into the annals of Cold War legend. Spanning over two decades, this government-sponsored endeavor sought not only to explore the boundaries of human consciousness, but to also harness the uncharted abilities for national security purposes, right? They wanted this for themselves. The scope of Project Stargate was as broad as it was daring, encompassing various facets of psychic phenomena with remote viewing at its core. As we mentioned, remote viewing, the practice of perceiving and describing details about a distant or unseen target, was the cornerstone of Project Stargate. This technique was uh, predicated on the belief that individuals could transcend spatial or temporal boundaries to gather intelligence on foreign installations, missing persons, and even future events. The implications for intelligence gathering were profound, offering the tantalizing possibility of a non-technological form of surveillance that could penetrate the most fortified secrets of its adversaries. Project Stargate's missions were as diverse as they were ambitious. Targets of remote viewing sessions included Soviet military installations, the outcomes of foreign elections, the locations of hostages, and the details of secret weapons programs. These missions were driven by the demand of the intelligence community looking for any edge in the global chess game of espionage. The project scope expanded over the years to include the attempts at a mind-to-mind -mind communication or psychic telepathy and the exploration of psychic kinesis, the ability to influence physical objects or events with the mind. The method of Project Stargate sought to straddle the line between the esoteric and the experimental. 
Remote viewers were often given only minimal information about their targets. Sometimes nothing more than a set of coordinates or even just a name of an, or an object. These sessions were conducted under controlled conditions with protocols designed to, mat, to minimize external influences and to capture the viewer's impressions as accurately as, pro, as possible. The results were then compared against actual intelligence or in some cases against outcomes that would only become known in the future. Despite its ambitious scope, Project Stargate was not without its internal challenges and external criticisms. The project operated in a realm that many considered fringe science at best. Skeptics pointed to the lack of clear theoretical basis for psychic phenomena, the difficulty of controlling uh, for variables in experiments, and the inconsistency of results. Within the intelligence and military communities, there were also doubts about the practicality and the reliability of psychic intelligence. There were concerns about the potential for disinformation and questions about the allocation of resources to such speculative endeavors. Yet, Project Stargate persisted, propped up by occasional successes and the support of advocates within the government who believed in the potential of psychic intelligence. The project evolved over time, adapting its tactic tactics and aims in response to both internal assessments and external pressures. At various points, its focus shifted between different types of psychic phenomena, reflecting both the changing interest of its sponsors and the ongoing quest to find the most useful and reliable applications of psychic abilities. The impact of Project Stargate extended beyond the immediate realm of intelligence gathering. It sparked debates about the nature of consciousness, the limit of human potential, and the role of unconventional methods in national security. The project became a symbol of the broader search for new paradigms of knowledge and capability, challenging both scientific orthodoxy and traditional espionage techniques. As we probe deeper into the workings and outcomes of Project Stargate, it's crucial to appreciate why it was created in the first place. This project was born out of desperation and curiosity, a gamble by the government on the outer limits of human ability. Its legacy, as we will see, is a complete, as complex tapestry of success, skepticism, and the perpetual human quest to transcend the known boundaries of reality. Hang on, we'll be right back. Project Stargate was like something straight out of a sci-fi movie. With its mix of spies, psychic powers, and top-secret missions, the project had its fair share of eyebrow-raising moments that still sparked debates and head-scratching among enthusiasts and skeptics alike. Let's dive into some of the standout stories that make Project Stargate one of the favorite topics for anyone who loves a good mix of mystery and espionage. Take Pat Price, for instance, a former cop turned psychic spy. Picture this. Price, sitting in a room, closes his eyes, and suddenly he's describing a secret Soviet base in astonishing detail. He even sketches out a giant crane, weirdly specific to what what they were talking about, right? Later, satellite images confirmed there's actually a crane exactly like the one he described, exactly in the place where he drew it smack in the middle of a Soviet compound. How's that for a mind-bending uh, journey there? And then there's Joe McMonigle, 
a.k.a. remote viewer number 001, who could give any Hollywood spy a run for their money. McMonagle supposedly had this knack for seeing into secret Soviet projects, including detailed peeks at a new bomber the Soviets were cooking up for the Air Force. The kicker, his descriptions matched up with classified blueprints the U.S. got its hands on later. If that doesn't make you wonder, what will? Project Stargate wasn't just about drawing cranes and planes, though. The project dabbled in trying to predict future events, like where commodity prices would land or political shakeups, where they would happen, when they would happen. Results were a mixed bag, but you've got to admit the ambition was high, and the fact that they had success at all is rather amazing, wouldn't you say? But despite these wild tales, there's a lot of side-eyeing going on about how legit these physical feats were, right? Critics argue that some of these hits could have been lucky guesses or the results of picking up on tiny, unintentional hints from the interviewer. And without a solid, repeatable way to test these psychic sessions, the skeptics kind of had a point at the time. It's tough to separate the psychic weak from the speculative shaft, right? The ongoing debate over Project Stargate's legacy is part of its charm, though. Believers in psychic phenomena see it as proof that there's more to the mind than meets the eye, while skeptics wave it off as quirky chapters in the annals of intelligence history. Now, either way, the stories from Project Stargate continue to intrigue and entertain, serving up a fascinating blend of the mysterious and the mundane in the quest for espionage superiority. Hang on, we'll be right back with how the project faced skepticism. All right, welcome back, folks, to Space City X-Files. Diving into the world of psychic spying with Project Stargate is like opening Pandora's box of wow factors and eye rolls, right? For every tale that makes you think, wait, did that really just happen? There's a hefty dose of skepticism and head-shaking challenges that keep the story grounded or at least tries to. First off, let's talk about skeptics, the party poopers of the psychic world, right? They had a field day with Project Stargate, and honestly, I don't know. Maybe they had a point. That's what we're looking into this for. Psychic phenomena don't exactly play nice with the scientific method, right? Critics pointed out that for every hit or success story, there were plenty of misses conveniently swept under the rug by the people who were administering the, the test. I guess their point of view was that they had a stake in the game, right? When it comes down to the psychic research, because they were already uh, conducting their own research. And plus they argued that some of the project's jaw dropping moments could have been the result of good old fashioned guessing or even subconscious cues picked up by these so-called psychics. Uh, we all have intuition, right? And some, some uh, abilities are greater than the others. So could it be that these guys were just so sharp um, that they picked up on these little hints from these interviewers. So it's not really so much of a psychic. It may be more like a mentalist type deal to where they just, they can read body language or uh, twinges, titch, twitches in the face or, you know, the, the way uh, somebody said something uh, it, it can, you know, these people are more in tune to pick up on hidden messages than, than most are. So they're saying, well, could it possibly have been something like that? Instead of somebody reading a mind or, or being able to uh, tap into uh, the con universal consciousness, 
But basically what they're saying is that if it smells like fishy science, it, it probably is, right? Somebody's breaking a bread and it looks like it's sourdough around there. Anyways, uh, and then there's the challenge of consistency, or should we say the lack of the lack thereof in this, in, in according to some, I don't know. I'm just reading you what, uh, what I've come upon whenever doing the research. Okay. Uh, don't shoot the messenger. Not yet. So they're saying that psychic abilities, if they exist, are notoriously hard to pin down. They don't come on demand like flipping a switch, right? This is made up, uh, the way that this is made up made it super hard for the people that were involved in Project Stargate to try to prove what they were dealing with, right? You can ask any psychic, anybody who's got any kind of connection to the to the paranormal or just anybody who's uh, deeply connected, like uh, some people say the impasse have a, a more of a tendency to be able to pick up on certain things. Um, you can ask them and, and they'll tell you, it's not like, you know, you can't, some, some may be able to do it, but a lot of the times there's prep work into getting into the, into the mood, making that connection. Really uh, a lot of meditation could be involved. And that's hard to do when you got these, blinking lights all around you the spotlight may be on the camera may be on you know how much is on your shoulders weighing down on you to prove something that's real that you you would if you knew that it was real you would like it to come true so you can imagine the uh weight that these guys had on their shoulders and that can make it it can make it to where maybe they they couldn't perform you know exactly you know when these guys wanted them to do it or or maybe they, their focus couldn't be a hundred percent on what they were trying to see. So it's one thing to have a psychic moment. It's another to replicate it under lab conditions, right? With the scientists breathing down your neck and let's not forget about the internal drama. So imagine trying to get a bunch of government officials uh, to take psychic spying seriously, right? Yeah, especially military from the military branch. Uh, if you've ever been in the military, like me, I have, and you can imagine, I can just tell you how silly or, or, or how, you know, <laughs> to walk inside your front, in your first sergeant's office and tell them, Hey, I'm a, I'm a psychic. I, I can see what's going on across the world or, or you're sitting in a, in a boardroom with, uh, you know, Fulberg colonels all around you. Uh, you know, it's, it's intimidating. And, and, and honestly, they would not take you serious. Like they'd be laughing your ass out of the room probably. Um, it'd be, it, you know, I, I could just, I can totally see them taking it as a big waste of time. Right. So either you got to have some nerves of steel, uh, and then some serious charisma to be able to go in there and convince them without data. Right. Because they didn't have the data. They had successes, but they had failures, but it was not enough to say we can do this consistently. So project Stargate faced its fair share of eye rolls because of this from within the government and military ranks and uh, funding and support were always on shaky ground. Right. Imagine trying to do your job with that. Right. And the guys who were performing the work, the scientists that were in there, I think it was uh, SRI. Um, you can imagine how they felt because, you know, they were contacted by the U S government, right? They were doing their thing on the side. It's not like they begged to be there. You know, and now they bring them in and you're bullshitting about who's how who's going to pay the bill. Like, I would be pissed off, too. Like, well, I don't, don't waste my time. You know, either you want to invest or you don't. 
that's how I would have been with it, but I don't know. But with plenty of folks questioning whether taxpayer dollars should be funding uh, to what sounded to many like a plot ripped from a, a reject spy novel, um, it's safe to say that you know Project Stargate was on shaky ground at this point. But despite all these challenges, Project Stargate chugged along, fueled by a mix of curiosity, desperation, and the slim hope that maybe, just maybe, there was something to this psychic business after all. The project became a battleground between believers and skeptics, with each camp armed with antidotes, data, and a healthy dose of stubbornness. In the end, the skepticism and challenges surrounding Project Stargate served as a reminder that the line between groundbreaking science and science fiction is often blurrier than most like would like to admit, right? Um, so whether you're a believer in psychic powers or a staunch skeptic, the story of Project Stargate offers a fascinating glimpse into a time when the U.S. government dared to ask, what if? And then they traveled together down a rabbit hole along with independent scientists that led them to something that was filled with as many questions as answers. And they never really got an answer as to what, why, or how. When we come back from this short break, we'll talk about the day Project Stargate finally met its end. Hang on, we'll be right back. Navigating the choppy waters of skepticism and challenges, Project Stargate managed to keep its psychic ship afloat longer than many would have guessed. But all voyages, especially those charting untested waters, must eventually come to an end. Sometimes to give way to new voyages, right? Or new charters. But this brings us to the final chapter in our tale of intrigue in ESP. The termination of Project Stargate and the aftermath of its closure. Despite the fascinating anecdotes and occasional successes that gave believers hope, the project couldn't dodge the skeptic scrutiny forever. The scientific community's demand for reproducible, empirical evidence was a high bar that Project Stargate struggled to clear consistently. As the years went on, the project's inability to provide a solid, undeniable foundation for psychic phenomena became its Achilles heel. Enter the American Institute research, commissioned by the CIA in the mid-90s, to evaluate Project Stargate's efficacy. Their task was to sift through the years of data, experiments, and missions to answer a simple yet profound question was there any practical intelligence value in remote viewing? Now, the AIR's conclusion was less a resounding gong of validation and more a quiet tolling of the bell signaling the project's end. They determined that in terms of intelligence gathering, the evidence of remote viewing's usefulness was lacking. The inconsistency of results, coupled with the inability to establish protocols that would satisfy scientific scrutiny, meant that the Project Stargate couldn't justify its existence in the eyes of decision makers. In 1995, the curtain was finally drawn on Project Stargate. The declassifications of its files opened the floodgates for public scrutiny, fascination, and of course, even more skepticism. Now, the project's closure marked the end of one of the U.S. government's most unusual forays into the realm of the paranormal. Yet, the legacy of Project Stargate was far from buried. It lived on in the discussions it sparked about the potential of human consciousness, the limits of science, and the ever-blurried line between reality and the paranormal. As we wrap up our journey 
through the psychic corridors of Project Stargate, we find ourselves reflecting on its place in history. Was it a bold exploration of untapped human potential or a misstep on the part of an intelligence community grasping at straws in the Cold War shadow, desperately struggling to keep up with its Soviet counterparts? The debate continues, but one thing is certain. Project Stargate's story is a compelling chapter in the annals of American espionage, one that continues to intrigue and inspire questions about the known and the unknown. And so, as we close our file on Project Stargate, leaving behind a legacy wrapped in mystery, controversy, and a hint of the extraordinary, it's a reminder the links to which we'll go in search of answers and the complexities of separating fact from fiction in the quest for knowledge. As we turn the page, we're left to wonder about the next frontier of exploration, both of the world around us and the untapped potentials within us. Now, some say Project Stargate walked quietly and into the sunset with dignity and grace, but others say the ending of the project was just the ploy to move it, out of the, to move it away from prying eyes. What do I think? I'll let you know exactly that after this short break. Hold on, we'll be right back. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us today. And now I'll give you my final thoughts on the Project Stargate saga. All right, first off, it's important to know that all this interest in the human mind and the abilities have been around for ages, right? So it's not like the CIA discovered this, not even uh, the RSI or the other companies involved that were trying to develop the project. None of them. It's not like this stemmed from them. These ideas have been around, and it's important to establish this fact, okay? From Eastern spiritual traditions to ancient Asian philosophy, Egyptian mystics, they all talk about how the human mind and consciousness has a connection to a realm far beyond what we can sense, see, or touch. Some would even say biblical prophecy accounts written in the Bible were the result of the seer tapping into eternal consciousness of the universe, or God, or whatever you want to call it. With that being said, in my opinion, I 100% buy into the fact that all this is possible. Now, I, even me myself, I meditate regularly in an attempt to try to reconnect to this higher realm or connect. And personally, I've got some pretty crazy results. Now, you're probably wondering, well, what happened? We want to know. <laughs> or maybe not, but I'm going to tell you anyways. One example is during a meditation one day. This is pretty crazy. Now, I started to get this image of a face, right? First, it was an outline, a dark outline. Then it started to become a little bit more clear, a little bit more clear. Uh, I was in a quiet space. I had my eyes covered with like a little, you know, a little satin mask, uh, eye mask. I had my headphones on. I was listening to some uh, frequency music, <clears throat> some uh, deep meditation. Uh, I think it was like alpha wave or theta wave. But anyways, this image starts coming in and I see the outline of it. And then the face becomes clear, and it's it's only what I could guess to be like some kind of Native American chief, right? Uh, he wore this amazing headdress, and he had his face painted like he was preparing for war. Now, as the meditation went on and the connection grew between me and this figure, soon I felt like our 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 energy, or, or like if we merged, like, and I began to see through his eyes. Now, looking through his eyes, like, the area of the room around me began to materialize, right? So, first, 
He was in his tent, and the people inside were looking at him, were looking to him. Uh, I'm thinking that he may have been meditating his own self because he slowly rose to his feet from like a cross-legged position, which I can only probably think of it as a meditative position. So he rose to his feet, and then he signaled to his people that it was time to go, right? He signaled towards the door. They all walked outside, and people were all lined up. All a bunch of Native Americans lined up on both sides of the tent opening, all the way down this long little pathway, right? So the people were all lined up down the row, and then the chief, or myself now, seeing through his eyes, walked down the aisle of these people between them to a bonfire that had been prepared, and then he turned and faced the crowd. All of a sudden, silence fell over the crowd. Nobody was talking. All you can hear was the fire in nature. And at that point, I worried to myself, okay, I'm going to have to say something, but how am I going to speak this language? Like, I was still using, like, my own brain, you know, my own thoughts. But all of a sudden, without without any notice, my mouth opened up, and the words came out perfectly. Now, I don't know what language it was, and I, I haven't really tried to do much research in, into it, but it sounded legit to me, like like legit, like some type of Native American language. And the people understood me perfectly. As he spoke, the words registered in my head, though, in English. And basically, he was telling them that the time had come to defend the land from those who wished to take it. In summary of what he said, he told them, Death is certain, but life without our God-given land and freedom is pointless and worse than death. He admonished them to fight brave and fight with courage. They said a quick prayer. And then they all turned and left to uh, mount their horses, and I and I can only guess, start the war. Right? When I woke up, when I woke up from this meditation, I was blown away that three hours had passed. Three hours had passed. Right? Now, when I first begin a meditation, it usually takes about twenty minutes, thirty minutes to get into, you know, to get into that deep relaxation point to where, to where your mind is starts opening up to. If you ever meditate, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. So it takes about 30 minutes for me to get into that state. And then, so I would say a good, I would say a, at least a good two hours were spent in that state, experiencing through that chief's eyes, right? Or through his life. My eyes were full of tears from the feeling and the atmosphere of those people at that meeting. And it was amazing because there was a people there being led by this by this great warrior. And the certainty that most of them were about to lose their life was was just it was it was a crazy, crazy feeling experience. And if they survived that battle, life as they knew it would never be the same. Because we all we all know what happened to the Native Americans, right? In hindsight. And it's very sad because nothing it feels like whenever progress or change is happening in this world, nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop the motion in which things are going. It's gonna happen. So what do I believe happened in this case? In this case, I believe what happened to me was a remote viewing. I think it was a remote viewing. Not as something happening now on some other distant part of the world, but
but something that happened in the past. Because things in the past are, if you look at, if you look into like, like time, time travel, or, um, or you watched a, a Back to the Future movie. The reason why they're going, why they're able to go back to the past is because it still exists in the time continuum, right? Things that happened in the past still exist. And so I think that that's what happened. That's what I was able to do. Why I have that connection to him, I don't, I don't know. I'm not 100% certain on that. There's a lot of theories about it. But going forward, I'm pretty sure some of you are saying, like, damn, dude, you smoked some good stuff that day. <laughs> And I don't blame you because it, it's it's out there, you know. But to be open and to be 100% honest with you, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't take any drugs, right? On my family, that's the truth. I can promise you that. Um, I don't find them necessary to connect to God or the universe or whatever you want to call it during meditation. Some people do. I, I don't feel like I need them. Um, and this is just my own personal opinion. I think drugs were put here or introduced to us in this world to keep us from realizing what we actually are and what we can actually accomplish with the power of our mind and thought. Now, with that being said, as we've read in this episode, some amazing things were able to be accomplished through this program, right? Things that pushed well beyond what was ever thought to be possible, right? Tiptoed on the, on the very, on the edge of being superhuman, right? Unfortunately, uh, the claim is that it couldn't be reproduced enough consistently uh, in order to warrant the project staying open, right? And, you know, uh, I would put quotations on unfortunately, right? Because I think that was a complete lie. I, I do, 100%. In my opinion, the project never closed. Even if they had a tad bit of success and they were able to show that to somebody high up, I don't believe that they would ever close that that project. And I'll say this with all my being. I believe that that project still continues to this day in some form of way. And I, I can probably say that it's unfathomable how much progress they have prob- likely made uh, since the 80s till now. I also say that I think that the fact that this project exists and there's actual documentation like CIA documentation that's been declassified, government documentation, it'll all be in the show notes for you to to check out. The fact that this project exists, I think that it also validates the reality of the Montauk case. I think that it did happen and it was real. If you know about that case, these these implications also have a horrific realization because the Montauk case was all about them testing on runaways and kidnapped children. If you want to know more about the Montauk case, we covered it in season one. Feel free to go check it out and send me an email on what you thought. Let's chat about it. It's an amazing case and it deserves recognition because uh, again, I'll say it again. I feel like the fact that this start, this project Stargate exists. I feel like the Montauk uh, project could have been a spinoff on that. Right. Only one of the de- one of only one of the records were declassified and the other one weren't. Right. Well, why wouldn't they release the Montauk uh, details? Well, because they were testing on children. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
That wasn't legal what they were doing. But anyways, that's just my opinion. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it inspired you in somehow, some way to look deep within inside yourself to try to find, to tap into your true potential. All right. I feel like humans these days have been conditioned to think that we're weak and frail and uh, dependent on on the, the government or dependent on what people can do for us. And But that's not the case. And I don't, I don't mean a physical sense either. I don't mean like we're our bodies are weaker. I mean, it's obviously that it's obvious that anyone can go to a gym. They can work out. They can get this routine going and build themselves into these beasts of people. Right. But what about the mind? What about the mind? Our minds are weighed down by stress daily, by consumerism, by fear, by harmful frequency and radiation coming from all over the place, even our phones and computers and all that stuff. I mean, it's our minds are, have have been attacked, I believe. And us as people, we have to realize that we have to break away from that. We are more way more than that. We're way more than what we are being uh, or than what we understand. And I'll just say that the power of your mind is limitless. And I hope that this episode inspired you to explore it. Right. If you have your own thoughts on the Project Stargate. And if you think that it was a, a valid uh, project, if you think it continues to this day, if you think it ended, whatever you got uh, and you would like to share with me, then feel free to hit me up on social media. Or you can send me an email at info at spacecityxfiles.com. I would love to hear what you think. Also, before we go, I humbly ask you to take a few minutes to uh, leave us a written review on uh, what you thought of the show. If the platform you enjoy from does not allow for a written review, then a five-star rating or a social media share would be equally as great. We greatly appreciate your assistance. I can't say that enough. Okay. Love you guys for that. Your support helps uh, bring in those new listeners and it's just priceless, right? Can't thank you enough. Uh, Next week will be our final episode of season two. Man, I can't believe it. Yeah, Time has flown by so fast this season. And departing is such great sorrow, but you know what? It allows us to brainstorm. It allows us to create some more exciting content to prep for you. And we'll be back fully reloaded for uh, season three. Uh, Just stay tuned for that. Uh, During our break, of course, you know, we're going to be continuing our short story form. uh, Strange news. uh, I mean, strange happenings. And uh, so that will still be going. And uh, I'm also working on a book. It's 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 uh, it's basically like sci fi. But I'm working on it, and uh, hopefully it'll be ready for a release around next year. And I want to take my time on this one and and build up build up the characters and all that good stuff. So hopefully by the wrap of season three, I'll have that one ready for you. You can check it out. Uh, okay, well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, I invite you to join us again one more time for the season, for season two. Come back and, uh, and listen to us next week. As we continue to explore the mind with the topic called the power of your subconscious mind. So here we dive into the beliefs and the ideologies of what the subconscious mind is, uh, what it's for, what it can do for us, all that amazing stuff. You don't want to miss this one because it may just put you on the path of greatness and self-discovery. And I hope to see you there. Until we meet again, this is Rick on behalf of the Space City X-Files telling you to keep questioning, keep listening, and keep exploring. Love you all. We'll see you next week.
for listening to Space City X-Files. Goodbye.